Welcome back, everyone. Justin, I've got a theoretical question for you. Hopefully this never happens. But if for some reason the church in a country was unable to own property, right? They could assemble, they could worship, they could pray, they could live, but they couldn't own property. What would they do? Whew. I love that question, Dan, because, you know, there are some churches that intentionally, not Catholic churches, intentionally meet in parks or in public places so they could witness. So, I mean, it almost might be an advantage for the church in that country because it would force them to be outward focused, right? And evangelizing. Yeah. So I guess a similar question is if a local, let's say a diocese or a parish even, was so small that they just had no money. So total mission yeah. territory. Yeah. How would they operate? And I think what you just said is probably a good hint. And the um, I was thinking about this question, you know, as I was just wondering, like, what's going to happen to the church in America? Are we, um, you know, what are the finances going to look like? And, and there's no, like, no one knows. It could be fine. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. there could be enough investments that the church has or that, you know, donors have that church is going to be fine forever. Um, yeah. And it could also be the case that for any number of reasons, like low membership, there's real financial struggles. And that would be, they'd be challenging for a lot of people. There'd be loss of jobs. None of that's a good thing. So it's like good things happen when we have financial resources. Catholic Charities is, you know, they like they help more people than anybody in the world. And that's all heavily influenced by donations and volunteer hours. But if the church had no money, could yeah. she still be successful? And the obvious answer is yes, because the, it, you know, the gospel isn't dependent on our ability to, to fund it now that it certainly helps sometimes. So I'm in, not in any way advocating for that, but it's just an, kind of a fun thing to yeah. think about. Like if we didn't have money if we, and we didn't have to worry about like, well, we need this much money this month because of this, what would we do differently? Yeah. I mean, so, but correct if I'm wrong, Dan, this isn't that unfamiliar territory for the church. And I'm not just talking historically early church, but Correct me if I'm wrong. Many dioceses have started because Catholics met in a home to begin, right? And it, and yeah. it grew. It had to grow over time from there. But the, I, I'd add another question: to that what if you had to run a parish with no programs, no resources, no workbooks, no videos? It would put the onus back where it, it needs to remain foundationally, and you can have those things on top of it: the personal encounter with Christ, and then encountering others and helping them encounter Christ, right? Yeah. It would bring us back to basics. Yeah. The going back to the idea of meeting in the park, like what the, what would the witness be if people saw mass celebrated in a park? And again, I'm not, yeah. I'm not advocating that we should not celebrate right. in oh, a building that's churches. consecrated to the Lord. Yeah. Yes. It, it, but you know, just like what recognizing um, that, you know, there's parts of the world where they don't have that luxury and that could be yeah. our future, you know, where like wherever you are listening, that could be yeah. your future. And yeah. um, it, there's also things that maybe we could still or, do better or benefit from by being more nimble and, and living mm -hmm. like that. Um, yeah. Or, you know, in your country, if you're in Poland, it's part of your past. I heard a great story about John Paul II. You know, he wasn't allowed to right? He was, I think, banned from a church or they couldn't celebrate mass in one church one time. So he would go, they would go to the uh, outside or they went to the location where a church was going to be built, something like that. If yeah. someone's got the full story, please email us. But, you know, John Paul II had that that boldness to celebrate mass where he could. Yeah. Right. But then it became a, a greater force for unity of the people 
that eventually led to um, the freedom, the religious freedom uh, yeah. Poland was able to enjoy. So I don't know if this is true or not, but I think it was the movie that they made about John Paul's life where uh, I don't, I think John Voight was the actor who played him as an older yeah. man, maybe as yeah. a younger man, but yeah. um, he, at one point when communism was over Poland, um, they were forbidden from having processions with images yes. of the Blessed Virgin. And yes. so they just had a procession with like an empty picture frame but that they all, everybody knew was for the Blessed well, Mother, the but blessed. they were following the letter of the law. And I think that's that's, that's the kind of like, creative response I'm I'm kind of just looking well, to, almost, to have fun The with. opponents have to almost laugh at that point. You know, it's, it's like you can just defeat it. The gospel never ends, you know, it can never be taken away. Yeah. So the, I'm going to throw some questions out there and I would just like to spend time thinking through these because um, it's, it's always good to step back and think, how can we do our job better? Like it's, it's never bad to have conversations about efficiency and improvement. So um, how much of a good would it be if the church didn't have financial resources? Granted, it would be bad, but how bad? What would ensue? Would we be more creative? Would we reach more people who don't currently go to church? Would we be more nimble? And might we be more pure? And by pure, what I mean there is um, more perfectly committed to the mission of Jesus Christ. I think there's, um, you know, in every organization, there's people who are members for the benefits that accrue to them, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, beyond eternal life. Um, so if it were, if yeah. you didn't really have that social status of going to that parish, yeah, then would you still go that kind well, of thing? So what are those questions? I don't know. What answers jump out to you? Well, let me tell you, let me share a little story here. Something I saw in a documentary one time. While I think, you know, it's neat to think about, I think it wouldn't last very long. Here's why we, we are, need a, a common place to gather. And I think at a certain point now, we're not talking about like legalities. Maybe if there were laws preventing it, that's a whole other story. But if it was merely a financial issue, the money would show up and a church would be built. I'm going to give my reference point for this. I was once watching this documentary. It was by, um, he was, uh, I think, evangelical, maybe. He's a Protestant, but he was he was filming. And, and you know, he, he kind of gave a knock on big buildings at first. He went to Notre Dame in France, talked about how beautiful it was. And he said, but I can't help but think that God cared most about uh, the poor box, which is true. Okay, I know what he was saying, but he was also kind of poking fun at, we don't need these big fancy churches. Well, guess what happens next? They, later in the documentary, they go to a very poor region to share the gospel. And they they went over all these people that live in these very tiny homes. And then guess what happens? The people decide on their own to give the best house in the neighborhood to God as the church. And it's natural then that we want to give God the yeah, best building, for sure. the best facility. Yeah. Um, so sorry, Dan, if I got off track yeah. in your original question. No, 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 not at all. I mean, it's a... People would say, wow, we love God so much. Let's build the most beautiful, best thing we can for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, that's just, it's, it's spontaneous. And that's just one of those movements of the heart. Um, you know, I was, I was part of a parish that was new and that meant they didn't have any building like they, the diocese owned land, but there was no building. So for what was it? Um, I want to say for probably five years, five or six years, they met in a first a, a high school auditorium and then a middle school cafeteria. Hmm. And so like I went to Sunday mass in a middle school cafeteria for at least two years. And um, 
you know, it was after I was, I graduated college. I would go periodically when I was in college, but then after college, that's where I would go to mass. And there was something very simple about that community that was, that was yeah. beautiful and profound. And now they moved into a, a beautiful building and they have a beautiful campus and, and everybody loves that too. But so many people I've spoken with from that parish have spoken about how great it was in the early times. Oh, yeah, times. they miss the old days, right? Yeah, and I, I think there's something about that simplicity. Like, we need, yeah. like, in marriage, you come into, the like, the same, you get the same thing. Like, there's the honeymoon phase, or there's the, oh, you know, like, we're just getting started, and so we don't have a yeah. lot of resources. Like, there's, when you look back on it, it's beautiful. And so, really, you just need the reminders of throughout life for that simplicity. And so maybe if nothing else, this is just a good exercise to step back and ask ourselves. It, it's kind of like when you, when you live a lifestyle that's largely funded by debt, right? You then have to make a lot of decisions to allow you to continue to uh, maintain that lifestyle. So if you have a, a, a large car loan, maybe if you have a, a large payment on a house and on a boat, and you know, maybe you have a, like a, a vacation property, all that stuff. That just means that you have to work a lot to pay for that. And some people are okay with that. So I'm the, like, that's not what this conversation is about, but it really does dictate your future because you say, yeah. well, we have to have this much income. And I think right. the same thing with a, a church setup where we, if we step back well, and say, okay, like mm -hmm. what are the things that motivate us? Are they the, it, if it's not the mission of the gospel, does it make sense for that thing to occupy so much of our effort? So, I mean, if you're, if you're absolutely burdened by financial pressure just to stay where you are, mm -hmm. and that doesn't even, that, that's not the main evangelical thrust of your work, is that wise? Well, you know, I think what, it makes me think of what if the church gave more money away and, um, you know, kind of operated more on a uh, shoestring budget, if you will. What, just what if, you know, what would that be like? Um, you know, I think it would force us to be more missionary as people and think about why do I have this faith? Is it because I get to go to this place and have friends or is it because I know what Jesus has done in my life and I want everyone to know it? You know, it would just be. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think sometimes like, you know, when we have all the resources, we can get complacent and that's what we need to avoid. Um, however, if we get complacent, it, it kind of works out on its own that just the way the world is, the way God has structured things, that God will remove that complacency because we'll, we'll get to a dryness. We can get to a place where, and we see churches uh, oftentimes will close, um, especially in other countries because of this, that they had the buildings, but they weren't full anymore because the spiritual yeah. side of the church need to be rebuilt. And I've heard it said that St. Francis of Assisi, that call, rebuild my church. God was first saying, you inside, be rebuilt internally because he was trying to fix the building. Yeah. No, you internally be rebuilt and then look at the beautiful fruits of that life. So it would focus, make us focus inward, Dan. You know, yeah. like, where are we? Why are things the way they are? Yeah. So not, not that I'm saying like, hey, you know, like tear down the church or sell it and go, you know, no, just sell we're it not saying Park. That. We love yeah, I love, I love the, you know, the, the parish that I largely grew up in is a beautiful historic chapel and it's, yeah. um, it has a, a, a a special place in my heart and just you yeah. know having gone to to rome and germany and other parts of europe to see the the, the great heritage yeah. there i, I love, love it, it. yeah um, but it, you know as you said it's a um 
it's good to, to step back and reflect and say, okay, what are, what's the main thing? How are we keeping the main thing, the main thing? Um, well, maybe, maybe part of it too, is just thinking as you're walking through these beautiful places, just what are the ways we can remind ourselves? I'm so thankful for all these gifts, but let me never forget why I'm here and why I did this. God save me. You know, yeah. how do we remind ourselves of that? How would you say, Dan, I think prayer, we need a healthy prayer life growth in the spiritual life that's what always keeps us grounded right what other answer is there yeah yeah draw near to jesus and um yeah I'm, I, I always love i'm delighted at how the lord invites me to renewal at when yes. i draw near to him in prayer yes and it's never a burdensome thing it's always you know we were we were speaking about mentors recently um and and you gave some of the qualities and they were in things like encouragement and compassion and gentle accountability. And I, I feel like that's how the Lord works with me. Maybe he's a little bit more straightforward with other people. Um, but in prayer, I mean, really it's an invitation to what I know is better for me, what I already know is more. And uh, that's, yeah, that's the the path to renewal. Well, so like, like St. Francis, let's be committed first to yeah. allowing the Lord to rebuild the church in our yes. hearts and then expanding that outward. Uh, yeah, what our Lord said, I mean, the, the Beatitudes are the roadmap, but the poor in spirit, right? So just to remember that and to try to have that, you know, um, Francis also, Pope Francis wisely said, everyone can be a little more poor. So maybe in our personal lives, just just stripping ourselves of those things, you know, having that spirit of detachment, um, saying the issue of Loyola talks so much about um, that we have these things, but we have to just, I think you said it perfectly, Dan, this whole conversation, what it's all about. Keep the first thing first, which is God saved us. God saved us. God saved us. Amen. There we go. Well, friends, thanks so much for joining us. God bless you and have a good one.